0: Buckle your seatbelt and hold on where Nashville music scene comes alive right where you are. You're listening to Notable Nashville Podcast with your host, Groove Dr. J. Don't miss a beat.
1: All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Notable Nashville Podcast broadcasting from Acme Radio Live. We got Quinn Lewis in studio. Hello, hello. Hello, thanks for joining me, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, So I wanted to bring up, I think we met, I can't remember what year, but at some So Far Sounds show, you were doing like a house show. You remember that? I I Um, played it. You played it. Okay, that I played it was in Nashville. It was right? in Nashville, but um, I I want to say like maybe 2016 or something like that.
2: I you can ask my girlfriend, me and timelines uh
1: <laughs> horrendous. But it was good and I I was a fan ever since, so Thank it was you. really good.
2: It wasn't the one at um uh, like upstairs in uh, the studio space was it? It was a house. Right? No, it
1: was a house. Like there was a kitchen. There was like you were performing in some living room. Yeah. So okay, that would have he, been like 2016. 2016 if, if not yeah. earlier. <laughs> look, look how far you've come. Yeah. <laughs> come on. Still
2: playing house <laughs> shows. <laughs> no.
1: no, no, no. But um, so I wanted to bring up a little bit of your backstory because you're actually from Australia, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Australia, so. and then um, moved across to the states when I was like
2: four or five. Um, North Carolina. And then did all like most of my school there, um, halfway through high school moved to LA and then I've been in Nashville for
1: seven years, almost eight. Wow. I think. Yeah. So what's your favorite place? Australia? I mean, Australia still takes the cake. <laughs> you were yeah. just there, right? Yeah. Yeah. I got
2: back last Tuesday. Um,
1: and yeah, still as good as ever. Nothing like home. Yeah. I was telling you that's one place I want to go New Zealand, Australia. It's just yeah. like so beautiful. i see the pictures, but I've never been, um, Just the people and the attitude, too. Like, there's something weird about it. I was saying to my
2: family, like, I moved away when I was so young, but... I start driving down the street towards my auntie's house or towards like our friends, a family friend's house. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm home. It's a weird
1: feeling. Is um, it, is it the same kind of driving as like uh United States or is it different? Side no, of we're, right? a, we're on the left. Oh, the left yeah, side. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: The correct side. <laughs> the
1: correct side. <laughs> no, I'm not going to, it feels
2: weird. It is weird. Yeah, yeah. After driving here for like, I mean, I learned how to drive in America. Right, so, right, right. Um, It's tough to say it's the correct side, but there's a lot of stuff that makes way more sense in Australia. Like stop signs, very rare. We have yields and roundabouts everywhere. So you're just, you're getting places faster. Yeah, Drivers let you in. Nashville, if you're a driver in Nashville, let
1: people merge. I, I learn feel, how to yield. <laughs> I feel like people in Nashville don't respect stop signs anyway, so. Fair. I yeah. mean, like California roll all day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but so I, I was reading a little bit. You like started songwriting and stuff or picked up a guitar at age 13, right? So like, yeah, yeah. I was given a guitar. Where'd you read that? Wow. I was, re- I, was I was going back in the archives, you know, preparing sick. But, so, uh, it said that you picked up a guitar at age 13. So you've been like doing music since then.
2: Yeah. Which makes it sound like I should be way better at guitar <laughs> than I am. Um, I was give. My brother got a guitar when he was, I want to say, fourteen, so like any younger brother, I got a guitar when I was thirteen. Um he had like um he had a tailor that I actually still have and I got like a baby tailor. He had a big baby and I got a baby tailor. And um both did lessons for a little bit, both quit. Um and then kept playing soccer and then it kinda just like it was always in the house. We would always pick it up and play. Um like when the family was all around and Uh stuff like
1: that. But Um, definitely should be better knowing that I started playing guitar at 13. So was it that age when you actually started the, the passion of like writing a song or when did that come about? That
2: probably came like 15 or 16. I think I had like dropped it for a bit. And then, um, I remember sitting, I honestly can remember the first song I ever wrote. It was called Tired. And I was like, what was I tired for? <laughs> um, but it was like, I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired, tired, tired. And yeah. I was like, okay, cool. That's a song. Like, Do you still was, have it?
1: Like the recording yeah, of it?
2: It'll be somewhere. I'm like, <laughs> my file management is not the best. So, but um, it was like early days of me using GarageBand. And it was like stock strings in the background from GarageBand. And then like very, very simple guitar. Uh-huh. And then... I don't even remember how I laid in vocals. I want to say it must have been like a USB mic, nothing like nice or wow. cool,
1: but well, I still use GarageBand, So that's hey, how far in the past, whatever gets it recorded. You're good to go. <laughs> but, uh, so I saw that you also attended Belmont university for a couple of years. I went there too. Yeah. But what years did you go there again? Me with years. Um, oh yeah.
2: Yeah. So I am 26 I've been here seven years and I've been out of school for four five years. I was there for two. So I so would you, have been
1: there 2014, 2015. Okay. I had just graduated in yeah. 2013. So yeah, I missed you. That was impressive how I just did that. That, that was That's impressive. what, that's what it, it takes me to get there though. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you like it or you were, you were just ready to kind of get out on your own? And do honestly, it? there's parts of it that I absolutely loved and parts of it that I could not have hated more.
2: Uh-huh. Um, I think when I actually switched schools in high school from North Carolina to LA, um, I moved in a weekend, like literally left school Thursday, flew into California on Friday. We went and looked at the school and they were like, well, you know where the way we do college prep, blah, 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 You should start Monday. So I stayed like I called my friend who was like I was in a band with at the time. Uh-huh. He packed my room into trash bags like, and put it in my car and we shipped my car to me. Oh, wow. And I like st- I lived in California then. Wow. Um, and so the whole thing was this will prep you for college and like you'll get in anywhere you want because we're uh-huh. such a good school. I went from a 4.0 GPA to like a 2.0 something because <laughs> nothing lined up. Uh-huh, I was in man. all these like AP classes that were supposed to line up and nothing lined up. And uh-huh. so I was very disillusioned. I was like, I think I hate school. So when I applied to colleges, I only applied to like – schools by surf spots that I heard were cool in California and Belmont because the guy who packed my bag into my car or packed my ha- broom into my car was like, I'm going to Belmont because he's a freak on guitar. He's still oh, a freak wow. on guitar. Um, and so ended up getting in. My essay was like about how school sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be myself and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, um, got into Belmont. And I toured the studios and I was like, yeah, all right that that's an environment I want to be in and I could see myself in for a long time. Yeah. And I loved it. Like school the school is amazing. And there's a lot of amazing people that go there. And I know people who have graduated who like put in the legwork, like grid and grinded to get the right classes, did Mm -hmm. their homework on their teachers and like made the most of it. I was like, I don't want to go to class at 6 AM. That sounds like it sucks. I want to produce, I want to do this, like and then I would go into those classes and they'd be like you have to learn stuff from the fifties to do what you're doing right. now. And I'd be on and my computer and logic and Ableton, like trying to learn stuff being like, doesn't make sense. Which It's not applicable. It's it so is applicable, which is the ironic thing. Uh, but at the time when you're in it and someone's telling you like, don't write a song yet, learn how to use this knob. You're just like, mm. shut up. Like yeah. I want to write this stuff. And so I definitely was like still in that disillusionment part of the world, like part you. of my world. Yeah. Yeah. Put me back in Belmont now, and I feel like I'd be a scholar student. I like want to learn everything. I'm always like, anytime there's an engineer better than me, I'm like, why are
1: you doing that with that? Like, um, <laughs> did you ever take any uh, classes at RCA Studio B? Or, um, or I think they sold it at one point. But that's the one across from the yoga place, right? The, no, uh, no, on Music Row, uh, the old historic. RCA, nah, see, oh, I never because got to go in there. they own that for a long time, and yeah. I got to like take classes there, which was really cool. Sick, and they still recorded to to tape, and yeah. you know, it was it was just maybe I did I did cool have to, one. I'm so bad with like names and stuff like that. Um,
2: but and like people will probably listen to this and be like, what a fraud! Like doesn't even <laughs> know what RCA Studio B is. No, you're, but, good, you're um, good. No, I I had a few classes that were like in studio learned like signal flow. Like I'm so grateful for all the things I know. Uh-huh. I've gone to sessions with like crazy producers and there's a guy there plugging in the stuff for them. And I'm like, Whoa, okay. And, and this, you know? this guy took the classes and I'm like, we don't need like, I could do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, no, I'm super grateful for my time there. But I also think it's one of those schools, like Berkeley is very similar. You hear all these stories of people who go and it's like, people have a journey. They're going to go on whether or not the school's involved. Like, yeah, I got lucky. Like the environment while I was there was crazy. I think like 60, 70% of my class dropped out and is still making music, like crazy. Um, And there's like people that still inspire me. And I work with one of my best friends that I went to school with. Like we didn't talk for years. We went our different ways when we dropped out, Uh but then he came back into town and I'm like, this guy's, he's a freak. He's, his artist project's gonna be epic. That's really cool. Um, But yeah, it was, it was a journey. It was a journey. So then when did you sign on to prescription songs? Prescription was kind of like my moving away point. So I want to say I have it. It's 2016. I have it written on a Polaroid that's like on my desk. Okay. Um, So I had been begging my parents to drop out. They were like, if you leave school, you're never going back. Um, I was like, yeah, that's the point. Um, (laughs) And so I was begging them, begging them, begging them. And then I was like, look, I can do music production online for Berkeley, and I'm starting to write songs with people. I had a job at Pinewood Social at the time and I was like skipping class to go serve tables to make money to like pay producers and like buy some gear and stuff like that. So I didn't have to like ask my parents for money to do this thing that they were like iffy about. Uh They were always supportive, but it was like school first. And then when I started doing sessions and stuff, I started doing Berkeley Online for music production and... Like halfway through that experience, Katie Fagan came into my life, was like passed my music off like a Belmont Facebook page. Um, wow. I think it was an EP that doesn't even exist anymore. I'm <laughs> very surprised that she contacted me about it. Um, but she set me up on some sessions. I did a week with a guy called Super Duper. Um, Josh, who's in oh, town. Oh yeah, he's a, I've heard of her. Yeah, he's insane. Um, and sent, we did, I want to say we did like five or six days and sent, six or seven songs to Katie. Wow. And she was like, all right, cool. Um, first time we sat down, she's like, so we're going to sign you, but it's going to take a while. You're going to learn what writing is. But she was like, if I have my way, like you'll be on the roster. Wow. And I was like, cool. What does that mean? Like, what is does that like people get paid to write songs? Like had no idea what was going on. Uh-huh. And then like six months went by, went to LA, met the crew. And I remember driving home from a meeting and like calling my mom and dad being like, first things first, I'm dropping out of college. Like, yeah. No more so that, college that, for me. That like, was the point you were like, no, I'm not. Doing yeah. This I was like, this isn't a question anymore. <laughs> like I think I'm about to get paid to do the thing that I think I love doing more than anything in the yeah. world. And they're like, sick, cool. It's the first time
1: it's made sense. Then it's you awesome. said it. <laughs> so then you came out with an EP, I think in 2016, the addicted EP. Yes. Um, and then, you know, you've come out with a lot, you know, f- following that, but, um, So how do you find the people that you write with, um, obviously prescription songs, but do you kind of like have a team of people that you're like, Oh, I'm going to write with these people today. I'm going to write with somebody else today. Or how does that work?
2: Yeah, it's week to week. It's, um, a lot of like legwork and hard work from the team at prescription, like, excuse me. Um, they do an amazing job of like setting up blind dates and like giving feedback on like when things sound good, like how did I enjoy the session? What am I looking for and other people? And so I give them a lot of credit, like without them, like early days, I was like, you write songs, let's write songs. Um, And I had friends who would intro other friends and um, just kind of like would meet through those circles, like definitely just word of mouth. But I would say I am very, very lucky in my team at Prescription, like does a lot of heavy lifting for me. Now, and lately, it's been like I'm lucky that a lot of my friends are talented and I get to get pulled in with them and um a few producers that I work with who have some artists that they work closely with mm-hmm. that it, they've started to
1: be like, Hey, will you come and write with them? yeah, which I've been loving and very grateful for um but yeah. Yeah. Shout out Brett Truitt. We had yeah. Truitt on the podcast in 2016. It was actually the first episode in my new condo that I bought. Wow. And I was like, Hey, come over. I, I found him on Facebook and I was like, yeah. I love these guys. And you know, Brigida and R. Brett, R. They, they were R. awesome. R.I.P. Um, <laughs> Truitt. Yeah. But Brigitte's still doing her thing. Oh yeah. She's yeah, crushing yeah. it. Yeah. And um, Brett,
2: honestly, he's, he's, I work with him every other week, if not more than that. Yeah. And
1: is just grown so much as a producer, as a person, like he's awesome. One That's of my awesome. best friends. So then slipping, I think was one of your most viral songs. Like in 2017, (laughs) it went, remember Hype Machine? Yeah. I don't know if it's still still like doing things, but you know, I
2: was like, honestly, I want to say that I was like the turning point of it, not doing a lot (laughs) for people. Cause like some people we would send that cause it went number one on Hype Machine for like pop charting. I think it was on there for like, I could be wrong. You might know. I was, I think it was like five days or something, which is like, I'm not sure. Was awesome at the time. Yeah. Um, It might've been like 24 hours. I could be wrong. Um, But we would send it to people and a few people were like, cool, don't care. And then a few other people were like, that's really cool. Why aren't we looking at this guy? Like what's going on?
1: Yeah.
2: Um, And so Katie and I like sat there and looked at all the responses of the people who were like, that's really cool. And um, managed to like meet some people out of that and kind of like take those steps of like, okay, maybe Quinn Lewis is a thing. Because the Um, Addicted EP was like very much me learning what it was like to make a project. Mm. I feel like I wrote all those songs and was like, that's a project. And like, it's called addicted because the song we liked the most is addicted. Yeah. Um, But then I don't know after slipping, I was like, this is cool. And slipping was actually like my first attempt at what I thought was my best pitch song, Um, full like songwriter goal. And then it got on hold with this artist that apparently is infamously like his team loves things for him, but then he doesn't, like take outside songs so he says and then the album gets done by crazy writers that like it's like you take Uh, outside songs um but so katie was like look this is a really good look that this team likes this one of their notes was it sounds like an artist song like why don't we try Uh and so that was the first time i tried and like if i was like sweet like let's get behind this now i have katie and the team and like let's try that um
1: so it's cool and that was before, that was kind of like pre-TikTok. We were talking before the interview mm. about all this uh, pressure on artists to be like, oh, let's make a viral TikTok. Let's uh, lip sync to our songs. So, and you were saying that that's kind of the bane of your artistry. You don't like it.
2: Yeah. It's it's like the biggest double-edged sword ever. I feel yeah. like people who put in the legwork and like, and sharpen their skills and use TikTok to their advantage, like uh-huh. world's their oyster. Like it can be everything for people. And it's like tough to sit here and be like, mm-hmm, like complain about yeah. this like magic pathway to stardom. But it also is like, it's not the thing I find the most happiness in, is it like sitting in my car and singing the song that I just wrote. Like right. the thing I enjoy the most is like when I don't touch my phone, when I'm off social media and we're talking about this song and or this moment in someone's life and we find this magic in it. Mm-hmm. And then to me, like the joy of like, I don't know, I, don't, I can't remember a time where I sat down and looked at my phone and heard a 15 second version of something where I was like, I'm gonna remember that forever. <laughs> but I can remember times where I saw someone live playing something or I heard something on the radio or in someone's playlist and I was like, w- or in a store or something. I was like, I gotta, I'm gonna stop what I'm doing and listen to this. Absolutely. Um, and TikTok definitely has those moments, like there was a girl who was singing running up that hill and just bodied it. And I was like, cool but we're so ingrained to
1: swipe. I was just like, all right, I'm never going to see, see you that next again. time. See the you. algorithm wants me to see you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Which is a
1: bummer. So um, speaking of like live music, you've played, you know, South by Southwest festival. And is that kind of like your bread and butter, like live shows where you go out and see a crowd or fill a room? Is that kind of like your, your thing?
2: I get, I have very um, intense stage fright. I get like, it's, really yeah. 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 Um, I have like a very big routine that I do like to try and get in a, like Zen zone uh-huh. to be able to play. I'd feel like I, do, it's like one of those weird things where I do love it more than anything. Mm. Like the feeling afterwards is like, I just went skydiving, but yeah. it's the same feeling where I'm like, I can't believe I'm about to jump out of this plane right now. What the hell am I doing? Somebody land us. Um, uh, so I And I also like, I don't know, bread and butter. Like I have such impulsive syndrome. I see people like out and around and comparison game and stuff like that. Like there are some crazy people live. And my bread and butter is like, I love to write. Like okay, if, if but someone came in and was like, you can't sing on stage anymore, and like Magic write. Fairy took that voice away, and I was like, can I still write? The world wouldn't be over. But get me on tour tomorrow, and I'm like, all right, I love this life.
1: Well, I have right. seen you live. I, I can't remember how many times, but I remember the one at the High Watt, uh, John Santana was opening, I think.
2: Okay. Yeah. And
1: then uh, you were headlining, I think. but, uh, I haven't great, headlined it yet. Show. So oh, might have been. I don't think so. Who was so. headlining
2: that? Or it might have been know. a show. Was it a housequake? I think it was. I might I have been was, yeah. like last in the night, but uh, not okay. technically a headliner. I'm clinging we'll, to that. We'll call it a headliner. I'm clinging to that because <laughs> I want my first headliner in Nashville. I want it to be like. Um, I want people to like be there and okay. like feel it and experience it. because
1: yeah, The first time.
2: Yeah. As much music as I have out, I still feel like I'm scratching at like the glass ceiling of like where I know it can be and mm-hmm. where Queen Lewis will be and like how people can experience that. Um, and so. Um, lots of trial and error in like getting to that stage. But Mm -hmm. I feel like through that, I feel like I've grown a lot. Sure.
1: But I did want to bring up the song. My favorite song of yours is credit card that you just like recently released. Yeah. And I saw the writers on there, Hastings, uh, Mike Robinson, uh, Rocky block. I think we're all three Mm -hmm. and I love all the, all the stuff that those guys are doing. Um, Hastings is amazing. Yeah. He's so good. So, and that song is like fantastic. I listened to it on repeat in my car. Thank you. Shout out to
2: Hastings for letting me have it. Um, Uh, We went in there to write for him. Really? Yeah. And um, I don't know. It was one of those sessions where we kind of hit a roadblock at the beginning Uh and credit card kind of like the idea of like, we were talking about like what was going on in life and we both were kind of coming off like, a time period, I don't want to speak for him, but we were coming off a time period of like being out and about quite a bit. Uh-huh. And I was like, what's some stuff that everybody's done when they've gone out and it's like messed up, lost the person they should have been going home with, yeah. and woken up? Where's my credit card? And I was like, that's kind of cool. And then the guys, like, we all banded together and made it like this really cool thing. And then it lived in private links for like six months. And I was like, I hope he cuts this. I hope he puts this out. And then he was like oh man i think like the projects go in this direction and it sounded so cool and i was like all right well can i try it (laughs) and we did and mike robinson and i sat down and like there's a hastings version that's very pop punk like very 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 cool like super cool um but mike rob and i kind of like sat down and switched it up and made it more in my realm that's cool um
1: but i love that song yeah i love how it turned out
2: yeah. Thank you. Um,
1: also, your latest release, History Buff, is yeah. going pretty well on Spotify. I mean, it's getting, I think it all, has like a million plays already. Maybe. Uh, Maybe No. So, Maybe uh,
2: not. No, um, so <laughs> Apple Apple Music is doing pretty well. Okay. I think it's like up in the two hundos. Okay. Um, Spotify, it's funny. You do you want to talk about like, I'm a nerd when it comes to like DSPs and like yeah, yeah. we get so much insight. I, we said earlier, I was like TikTok's like focus group A&Ring. Um, we also like every artist, independent artists or major label artists have the ability to check their stats uh-huh. on like everything,
1: every, every service,
2: every streaming service. SoundCloud has great insights. Spotify has great insights. Apple has great insights. Um, certain distribution companies are giving you amazing insights now. Uh-huh. So like if you're, if you're an artist, it's like interested in that kind of stuff. It's easy to get bogged down on. Like I, te- I choose my moments when I want to look and obsess over it and my moments when I don't. But um you can like look into all those insights. But shout out Apple Music. I'm like four to five to one, I think, for every Spotify oh, wow. play. I think I just saw it. I got a alert I just passed sixty million plays on no Apple way. Music, which I'm buzzing about. Wow. And I think I'm at like thirty something, thirty-five or something with uh in Spotify?
1: Spotify? Yeah, yeah. So what do you think the what do you think the reason for the difference is? Just more people are using Apple Music? Well, so
2: I think they are still rated as the um higher subbed platform I could be wrong on that um but there's a few people at Apple who have been gracious enough to always support me and like I feel like they really care about reaching out to artists and helping like artists get showcased and stuff like that not that Spotify doesn't but I feel like it is a little bit harder to break into that um once you find someone it's like anything once you find a champion I feel like they'll always be a champion um But I just I haven't quite made that connection with Spotify yet. I'm I'd love to, and I, yeah. I, I love the platform. I I, I use both. <laughs>
1: so. I love watching Zayn La- or what is it? Lowe. Lowe's interviews yeah. like on Apple Music. It's really interesting. All the yeah. stuff that he that he his questions are really good. So, yeah. yeah. Not
2: to take anything away from Spotify because I love you, Spotify. Please help me and support me. But <laughs> I do feel like Apple does an amazing job about being like, look how cool these artists are, and Spotify itself is very, very cool. Uh-huh. And it's like, look how cool this platform is with all these cool artists. Yeah, yeah, um, Which is awesome. And I love exploring like that. Sometimes it is easier to explore like that. I feel like I find more new music, but like when Harry Styles drops an album, I feel like I get almost more content out of Apple Music. From that experience so yeah. i honestly flip back and forth between them all the time and you you've landed on a few new music fridays i think yeah so when i was with arista we got a, f- a couple new music fridays a lot of, a lot overseas uh-huh. still yet to get that australia new
1: music friday aussies yeah. what are we doing come on come on support australia
2: <laughs> come on australia <laughs> um, yeah a few new so, music fridays
1: so yeah just to bring that up you were signed to a major label for a little bit now you're with an independent label Yes, so um, Amigo, which is the label wing of Prescription Songs, uh-huh. my publishers, they
2: um, they do really artist-friendly deals. Um, Arista was amazing and an amazing learning experience, um, but not every artist belongs on a major label, and not every major label is like functioning at ten all the time. Yeah. Um, I got in like very very early days, um, and it was admittedly early days for me, and just the way. The label and I grew wasn't really parallel. It's kind of like growing outwards. Um, gotcha. And um, amicably parted ways. I think they're amazing. I work with artists who work with them that love everything. Um, but for me, I'm like very, very hands-on. I like to have control. I like to be able to call things projects, be able to move like yeah. the way I want to move when it comes to release. And Amigo has been amazing for that. Yeah. That's
1: awesome. Well, your new release that's coming out, Tomorrow, well, I guess tonight, tonight, At midnight. Yeah, I think eleven p.m. Um, tonight. Rock, it's out. Rocket science. You gave me a first lesson, yeah. and I kind of want to give everybody a first lesson on this podcast, if yeah. that's okay. Of course, with uh, your label and everything. But um, so let's talk a little bit about it because um, it's kind of a song about. You're talking about you don't really know the meaning of existence or the big bang and everything and you're just kind of make sense trying to make sense of it all so uh, you can speak a little bit more. yeah
2: yeah it. yeah. so it's it's at the end of the day every Quinn Lewis song comes back to good old love and heartbreak uh-huh. um but uh yeah it's like um differing views there's a lot of this in Nashville I feel like a lot of differing views a lot of like people who believe in different things and like well we have all this open-mindedness and we get along and um my partner and I have some like differing but aligning views on so many things and um when we wrote Brigitte and I wrote the song I'm pretty positive she had the title already and she was like I just think it's so cool and I think we kind of brainstormed about it to Cause, um, she and I had talked about like belief systems and like, how do people get along and stuff like that? Yeah. And that's where the first line came was, came from was like, look, you talk to Jesus and I say the world started with a big bang. And like both of that's pretty wild. Like they're both hard to believe in, like you could be the most devout Christian. It's still like the dude was walking on water and you could be (laughs) the biggest scientist ever and be like two little tiny atoms came together and we're now we're here. Like they're both crazy concepts, but like people believe them to the core at the end of the day, when you love someone with all your heart, like whether that comes from your belief in what giving love is, or whether that comes from some other power or higher power or anything like that, like that's all that matters. And we can sit here and talk about all these different things, but we're people at the end of the day and like, maybe there's questions we don't need to answer. Maybe we just need to like see how you and I work. And so that's what it was like. Gotcha. Yes. Rocket science is important. But like, do I need to? Do you and I need to sit here and like both argue about rocket science when we're not scientists? It's not rocket like, science. It's not rocket science. No. Like, so we
1: don't have to talk about it. Right. Like, right. Um, well, I really dig the song and, Thank uh, thanks for letting me play it here on the podcast. So, yeah. um, where can we find you on like the socials and stuff? Just Quinn Lewis,
2: all the socials. Yeah. Just Quinn Lewis, um, Quinn Lewis together on Instagram and, um, Twitter. And then it's like Quinn underscore Lewis on TikTok.
1: I think, uh, um, right. find me singing in my car Awesome. all these awesome. songs. Well, thanks again for joining us, man. And, uh, you can listen to rocket science right now. And also on Quinn Lewis's streaming services at midnight.
0: talk to jesus and i say the world started with the big bang both hard to believe in and we've never been that good at arguing no don't know if i could tell you how my mind works no nothing makes sense to me in this universe It's not rocket science, we don't have to fight it Don't have to question the logic behind it I don't have the answers, I'm not even trying Cause I know, I know, it's not rocket science I'm no mathematician, but we might be simple as one plus one. Say we're all just existing, but I've had a reason since I've had eyes. So, don't know if I could tell you how the world works. No, nothing makes sense to me in this universe, but it's not right. Behind it, I don't have the answers I'm not even trying Cause I know, I know it's not rocket science It's science, we don't have to fight Don't have to question